Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Respecting Your Elders podcast. Uh, we're recording live from the Mary and Joseph Retreat Center in Palos Verdes, California. And today our first guest is Alma Viator, who also happens to be my mom. Thanks for coming on the podcast today. Of How course. are you? I'm great. Thank you. I'm so, honored. Oh, thank you. Uh-huh. The idea of this podcast was just to interview people that are older than I am, respecting your elders. I like it. Thanks. Yeah. And uh, just, I like getting to know people and asking them questions about themselves, and you're my mom, so obviously I know a lot about you, but I'm sure there's things I don't know. You bet there or, There are several things you don't know. <laughs> Hey, say, <laughs> hold on. Podcast is canceled. Um, or I'm sure there's stories that I would love to hear again, especially if they're about me. Of course. Just kidding. Yeah. Um, so let's just dive right in. Sure. Um, where are you from? Well, that's a long answer. Uh, but I was born in Washington, North Carolina. It's known as Little Washington, down east. They call that part of North Carolina down east because it's down near the Pamlico Sound, uh, which feeds out into the Atlantic Ocean. Is it really called Little Washington? It is. Because you live in Little Washington, Virginia now. Is that wild? And I spent most of my life in Washington, D.C. You must really love George Washington. Well, or I guess George Washington loves me. He's dead. Oh, no. No, I just think the spirit of George Washington. There's something about me in Washington, so I I like it though. I like all of those places, so I'm I'm not complaining. Doesn't give it much more American than that. Not at all. Okay, red, so red, white, and blue—that's me. You were born in Washington, North Carolina. Yes. The eldest child. Uh, yeah, the, the only, only child. child of. Tell we, me about your parents. Well, uh, my father was Arnold Baxter. And he was born in Minnesota. They were of um, uh, Norwegian descent. And uh, on his mother's side, his father's people were from England and uh, Ireland. Um, And he met my mother, Reba Sawyer, Rebecca Sawyer, Rebecca Janice Sawyer, um, right after World War II in uh, Norfolk, Virginia. You know, the whole world was was kind of topsy-turvy during that tumultuous time. And there were a lot of young men who had joined the military, and he was a sailor in Norfolk. And uh, my aunt and her husband, who was a sailor, were stationed in Norfolk, and my mom went to visit them and met Arnold Baxter. Oh, wow. So, and uh, Rebecca, Janice Sawyer Reba, was from a, a place called Small, North Carolina, which is near New, um, well, it's near Newburgh, North Carolina, but also near Aurora, North Carolina, and near Little Washington. I didn't know she was from Small because later on she lived there again. Yes. And I remember because we were using a map. This was pre GPS. Yes. And a lot of maps didn't have Small um, on the map. Well, it was really, really small, like a store. And a, a intersection. I remember. You know. Doesn't get much smaller than that. No, it doesn't. And uh, but that was her 
home place. That's where she was born. At that house? At that house. She oh, was wow. born she was born in a little house next to that house. And when she was four years old, her parents built that house that we were visiting in. That's where I shot a shotgun for, for the first, first time, time. shot Uh-oh. a watermelon. Uh-oh. And where I drove a car for the first time in really? the backyard. Really? Mm-hmm. In, in small North Carolina? In that, in that yard there. Wow. And my cousin Jody introduced me to Vanilla Ice in that house as well. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not surprised. Uh, a lot of fun things happened at that house. Yes. Um, so let's see. So how did they end up moving to North Carolina? That's where she was from. That's where she was from. So when they got married, um, she wanted to stay near her, her family's uh, home, and they moved to uh, Washington, North Carolina, and um, he was a surveyor. And uh, we lived in Clifton Daniels' house. Clifton Daniels had been the secretary of something under Truman. Mm -hmm. And he also started um, or was one of the main people involved with the Raleigh News and Observer newspaper. May have been the first editor or I don't know. He was a very accomplished man. And so they weren't in Little Washington. They were out and about. And we rented the upstairs of uh, Clifton Daniels' house. Is where I, where I was taken when I was born. I was born in a hospital. Do you remember that house? I remember that house vividly. Vividly. It was a white clapboard house with a big front porch and, and brick, brick steps. I remember everything. What uh, would be your earliest memory, do you think, or earliest memories? Some of my earliest memories are um, that house, uh, the backyard. There was a big backyard, and um, there was a lady who took care of me, and she we would go for long walks, and I remember getting up. It's a quaint old town, a very, very old town, and there were a lot of churches, and I remember walking on the little brick walls that, you know, would sort of enclose the churchyard, how you'd get up and walk, and I just felt fabulous walking along uh, those those brick walls. It was She was an, um, a, a large black lady, and uh, I just really loved her, and she took good care of me. Do you remember her name? I can't. I'm having a hard how time. How old were you? Um, two, three. Okay, so... Yeah, you it was can a be long forgiven time ago. not remembering the name. I do remember though that um, the little girl next door had had ringworm, and so they had shaved her head. So she decided to give me a haircut, and she cut my hair. Uh, and and my mom said it was even with my scalp in some places, and about an inch long in other places. So all summer I had to wear a bonnet. I I, re- I kind of remember that. Oh man, I hope that woman didn't get in too much. Trouble. No, it wasn't her fault. It wasn't her fault. And so, I guess there was segregation at that time, but not for babysitters or nannies? Oh, no. Well, there had never been segregation for babysitters or nannies. Right. <laughs> they, were, they were always, but... It's but ironic. It I is. Guess, uh, well, it's... Necessity. 
It is. I think there. I know there was still segregation then, which was something I was never could understand. Mm -hmm. It just never made any sense to me. I really didn't think about it too much, but. Um, it just seems ironic to me that the schools would be segregated and water fountains and restaurants, but not the people taking care of your baby. Well, that's the way it had always been, though, with the slaves. Yeah. You know, even back then, they yeah. the slaves were there to take care, and. And, and it, it was all part of, the, it felt like everyone, it felt like a big family, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. it's, and I don't know, we never thought about that. But we were not the kind of people that really had servants or anything. Mm -hmm. We just didn't have that kind of money. Mm -hmm. But my mom had to work, and so therefore she, we had a babysitter. Do you know where she worked? I believe she worked at the telephone company. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. In fact, like a I know switchboard she did. Operator? Right. She was a switchboard operator at the phone company. Where you pick up the phone and say, "Will you patch me through to the <laughs> town hall?" Yes, and say, "Mrs. Mrs. Smith, get off the party line. You've been monopolizing the phone." What's the party line? Well, back then, several people would have the same line. Wow. And so, you you know. Several families would have one line, so so you were all on a on a party line. That's why you could listen into each other's conversations. Wow! If you wanted to. Wow! Yeah. Gossip was rampant. I'm sure. Oh, more indeed. than normal. Indeed, indeed. But phones were. We didn't have a phone. Phones were a rarity. Wow. Back then. Mm -hmm. You know, maybe the neighbors had. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and then your father. I don't remember that much about him because. He was, he was actually, he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. I didn't know that at the time, but he wasn't around a lot. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's one reason my mother was working. Oh, because uh, he wasn't? He would disappeared a lot. And, uh, did he even have a job he wasn't showing up for? I'm sure he did. Um, he did. He, in fact, he was a very gregarious, well-loved guy. He had lots of friends. Mm. He was, um, um, uh, you know... I forget the word for it. Um, uh, you know, happy-go-lucky, mm -hmm. bon vivant, all that. Mm -hmm. And um, he he got drafted, though I do remember that, um, into the military for the Korean conflict. Mm. Now it's called the Korean War. Before he met your mom. no, no, oh, this was oh. after. This was when so he was he my was father. So he was a sailor. He'd been a in the sailor Navy. in the Navy and, and then got drafted. out. And then we lived in Washington. And then along came the Korean problem. And so they drafted people. And this time he was drafted into the Army. And he um, was stationed at Fort Campbell, Kentucky. And I remember going with my mother to visit him at Fort Campbell. Uh, and I, I really remember they had us in base housing, um, this, this little tiny little um, temporary building. Uh, but I remember having an old-fashioned telephone that would cr the baby would cry if you turned it upside down. And uh, I remember I'd call my father at the office, you know, ding, hello, hello, you know. Mm -hmm. And then he'd come home. And I, I do remember uh, that very well. But you didn't move to Kentucky at the time? No, no. Um, he, uh... Did he get sent off to Korea? No, he didn't. He got in a lot of trouble. Oh. Actually. Mm -hmm. Do you want to know about that, or was that... Do we sure. save that for no. another time? Sure. Uh, oh, okay. Yeah, he was, uh, I told you he was an alcoholic. Mm -hmm. So he was out with these other two friends of his, and they were, uh, drinking and partying, and on their way home, they, um, 
killed a man. They ran. It was a hit and run. Oh my gosh! But they but they were all in blackout, so they didn't know who was driving. They didn't know which one of them did it. So he actually got sent to the brig for a while. I should think so. Yeah, and uh, so my mother and I went back to uh, went back to North Carolina, and we lived with my grandparents for a while. And then my father, um, when he got out of jail, he uh, and discharged from the army. He um, married another woman while he was still married to my mother. He, um, and she called up and said, Hi, Mrs. Baxter. This is the other Mrs. Baxter. And uh, anyway, my mother filed for divorce. And uh, uh, th that happened when I, was, when I was four. And I was telling you, he had all these friends. It was very hard for my mother when she went to court in Little Washington for the actual divorce because his friends were there. And they all really liked him, and they had good things to say about him. But these were his drinking buddies, you know. And the weirdest thing happened when my mother was taking off her wedding ring, and her her and her um, engagement ring, it broke. Her engagement ring broke right at the diamond, when she was taking off her rings. Wow. Yeah. Anyway. And I remember um, hearing that he, the other. Mrs. Baxter had told him that she was pregnant. And so he said to himself, well, I have to do the right thing and make an honest woman out of her. Is that right? Mm -hmm. He never told me that. Mm -hmm. He told you that? I heard it on a recording oh, of okay. him speaking. Okay, well, I didn't, I didn't know. Thanks for telling me You're that. welcome. But, one of the but things just the, how ludicrous that would be, where yes. in his mind that was what he doing the right do. thing. Right. <laughs> Exactly, and yeah. Then, and then he found out she wasn't pregnant. Yeah, but he had already given her all my mother's things she had stored. Her blankets and china and things that she had stored, he gave them to this lady. Wow. I know. There's a lot of blues songs about such situations. Oh, yeah. And yeah, a lot, lot of reality lot of, TV shows. Yes, exactly. But this was, your my father life. was a pioneer. <laughs> it was my life. Before it was cool. That's right. Yeah, I don't think it's cool even now, quite frankly. No, me neither. Yeah. Well. Um, so then, um, do you remember going to school? I do. Um, my first school, I remember, my mother was supporting us. She was divorced. We were living in Edgewood, Maryland. And she... Maryland? Yep. How'd you end up in Maryland? Um, my father's brother lived in Aberdeen, Maryland, and we lived with them for a little while while she was going through the divorce, and oh. she worked. Mm -hmm. And then she got a job at the um, uh, Aberdeen Proving Ground. And What's that? I think it's a military installation where they do um, experiments with chemicals and, I don't know, top I think, secret. Believe it or not, I think I've heard about that place. Probably. I think a friend of mine... I could be completely wrong, is turning it into a wedding venue. Are you kidding? No. That's insane. Anyway, Aberdeen Proving Ground. And that was in uh, right outside of Edgewood, Maryland. And we lived in Edgewood. And I remember our little apartment we lived in there. It was a sweet little apartment. Um, and I was sent off to uh, nursery school. And uh, that was great. I, my memories of nursery school are you know, playing out in the field and getting stung by a bee for the first time. And then walking down in a little line uh, back to the school and smelling the tomato soup that they were cooking us for lunch. It smelled so good. 
and uh, I also stole um, some, uh, um, some, some jacks or something special I took home, and I said, told my mother that the teacher had given them to me, and she knew better. So that was the first time that I, uh, my mother made me go and tell the teacher that I took them, and, uh, uh, and the teacher said, well, actually, we're having trouble with her because she's telling everybody about how her parents getting a divorce, and I was filling all the little kids in on the divorce, and I guess back then it's something you didn't talk about, right? Because <laughs> this was the uh, this was like nineteen fifty three, fifty two, fifty three. So uh, anyway, that's probably why I was acting out and stealing jacks and stuff, right? Because even though I don't remember being upset, I probably w was sensing the turmoil in the house, right? You know, yeah, and it's at that time that my mother met her next husband, mm -hmm. who was uh, Tony Viator. He mm -hmm. was stationed there, and, in Maryland. Uh, in Maryland, and they met, and uh, before I know it, they're getting married. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was thrilled. At five years old, I was the flower girl in their wedding at Edgewood in the Do little army that? chapel. Very well. Mm -hmm. I very. I remember going there. I remember my mother. Um, trying to get the, the nail polish off her fingernails. She, she was dressed to the nines. She looked beautiful. She had her little hat. I was all taken care of, but she hadn't had time to get her manicure. Mm. I remember her trying to fix her nails on the way. And I remember walking down the aisle completely and, um, and the whole ceremony. And then uh, and the reception, and I do remember coming home with them uh, back to the house and and leaning over and saying to Tony Viador, can I call you daddy now? Because I wanted to have a daddy, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And uh, and then I was really mad, though, because they left and went off on a honeymoon. Mm -hmm. And that didn't seem fair mm -hmm. at all. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. It's interesting, your memories, because I remember as a little kid playing soccer, and I had a can of fruit punch soda... And during halftime, I went to drink the fruit punch, and there was a bee in the can, oh, and it no. was in my mouth, and I spit it all out, and it flew away. Really? But it seems like um, we must remember our first encounter with a the bee. The bee. Because it's like this flying, <laughs> Very traumatic dangerous thing dangerous that thing. no one really tells you about. No, until you discover it. That's right. right. Yeah. And then I stole something from school, too. You did? When I was in nursery school, uh -oh. and told you guys that, um, that it had been given out as prizes and I had this elaborate story. <laughs> did, do you remember that? Vaguely. I, Vaguely. I took and home a deck of cards. Back. You did. Oh. I don't think I did a confession in front of the school. I just put it back. Oh, okay. okay. But I, I told you that there was a competition in PE class and some kids won decks of cards and some kids won bowling sets. And... <laughs> I went through. Matthew won a bowling set, and Scott Pro won a deck of cards, and so don't feel too bad. Oh, thanks, honey. Or maybe or maybe feel the apple worse. doesn't the apple doesn't fall exactly. far from the tree. Another mm. George Washington. Reference. Yes, yes. <laughs> Got to chop it down. That's right. And then, do you know what happened to your father, your Baxter, at that point? No, Arnold? he just disappeared. And my mother um, really didn't want to have anything to do with him or his family because he had really uh, broken her heart and really upset her 
a lot. And I do remember receiving my a Christmas present though that year from my grandparents in Minnesota. Um, it was his a parents. doll. His parents, uh, a doll. A doll. I remember the doll vividly and unwrapping it, and it was from them. And um, uh, I was sad that we weren't going to have touch with these people anymore, um, but not that sad. I mean, so you knew as long what as you was have your going mommy. on. Oh yeah, I knew what was going on, and um, uh, that that was sort of the end of it. And apparently, he tried to get in touch a couple of years later with my grand through my grandparents and they knew my mother didn't want to see him so nobody had anything to do with him. He went on, I found out later, to have quite a, a terrible life for a long time. Mm. You know, so I feel very fortunate that my mother divorced him. And you weren't a part of that. And I wasn't a part of that and I wasn't being dragged all over the country. Mm-hmm. Um, I had a much better life. Thanks. I had a great life actually. I'm glad. Thanks. So how long were you in Maryland? We left there when I was, um, in, we, we left there in February of the year that I turned six. I was five. We left there in February. My mother and I, my, my stepfather was stationed in Germany, and he had come home to marry her and then had to go back. And then, because they were married, we were getting to go over there. He had a fabulous old Packard, like a 1950 Packard car. And um, your life got real exciting and exotic in, in all hurry, of a sudden. In a hurry, uh, and we were shipping that overseas. And then my mother and I um, got all packed up. And I remember my uncle taking us to the train, and we rode the overnight train from um, Rocky Mount, North Carolina, up to New York. Wow! And we um, the Big Apple. Oh yeah, and we were in a sleeper car which was so exciting on a train, and we get to New York, and we were leaving um, from one of, the, one of the docks there on the General Rose, a military transport ship uh, that had been used in World War II, and uh, the, the dependents had a certain area, and then there were also a lot of troops on board, so I got to cross the ocean on the General Rose. On a ship? On a ship in wow. February. Wow. Yeah, of 19, um, I guess that must have been 1953. Wow. And, uh, oh, I, I got to sleep in the, uh, in the top bunk, you know, we shared the room with, uh, with another lady and her little girl. And uh, the next morning my mom was so sick because they had uh, given us uh, seasick medicine, but she drank it with a whole lot of water. So she was so sick, but I got up and I got to go down the hall. They were showing movies for little kids, so that was so fun. Wow, and movies. Yeah, yeah, the cartoons. Mm-hmm. You know, that was really exciting. I remember having fire drills. Did you have a TV before that? No, no. I didn't have a TV until, um, until we did not own a TV until 1961 or two. Radio we were traveling all over the world. Oh yeah, we had radio. Yeah, so so the you're on your way Rose, to Germany. Yeah, we're on our way to Germany. And was your? Did, do you remember if your mom, other than being sick, was she? Did she seem excited about the she train? Was, and she was. She was. She was afraid. She was. She was afraid going to Germany. Uh, she'd never done anything like that. I mean, less than ten years after the war. Exactly, less than ten years after the war, we were moving to Germany, and. Um, but I wasn't afraid. I was just excited. 
And uh, it was so fun on the ship because we got to eat in the dining room, you know, with the nice linen and the nice plates and have fire drills in the middle of the night and put on your your life vest and go outside and uh they See all had the different dancing. interesting people they had german dancing. people and well no not on the ship it was no. the general rose it was just it was just american soldiers going over oh, to I Germany. See. I see. Because we occupied Germany for many years. It was a military ship. Yeah. Okay. It was a military ship. And um, the, but it was so awful because the lady that was sharing the room with us had a, a cute little girl and she would leave her with us all the time and she'd go off because she was partying with some of the soldiers on board the ship. And, Scandalous. Um, yes. And there were these, there were these pop pull down desks and the little girls got her fingers cut off or two fingers cut off in the desk right before we landed, you know, right before we, we went in into Bremerhaven. Yeah, I wasn't there when it happened, but it was in our room. Um, but the doctors were able to sew the fingers back on. Um, and But the lady had been planning, she was German, and she had been planning on leaving her husband. As she got to Germany, she wasn't going to, like, meet up with him. She was going to escape. But because of the little girl's fingers getting cut off, now they were taking her straight to the hospital, and the father was coming. So her plans really got foiled, and I'd say she deserved it. Karma. Yes, exactly, karma. But I remember um, when we landed at Bremerhaven. She should be able to leave her husband if she wants, I guess. I guess, but the way she was going about it was, mm -hmm. you know, kind of underhanded. It's difficult to leave someone. <laughs> what is this, 49 ways to leave your lover? There must be... 50 now. 50 Cut off your daughter's fingers. Yeah, that's true, that's true. Um, but when we landed at Bremerhaven, the United States Army Band was out there greeting us, and they were playing, um, you know, America the Beautiful and... And, uh, I don't know, So Long It's Been Good to Know You, and just all kinds of American, great American songs. My mother was just crying because she was homesick. But it was quite a thrilling moment to all be out on deck and have the band greeting you, you know. And then they put us in uh, buses, and we had to go get medical exams and finish getting our shots because you had to have tons of shots uh, going there, especially right after the war like that. And uh, and I remember being on the bus and looking out the windows, and I couldn't believe it. There were all these bombed-out buildings oh. because we were in Germany, in Bremerhaven, which was a big port. So this was, um, like I said, 1953, which is, what, eight years mm -hmm. after the war mm -hmm. had ended. And uh, so there was tons of destruction still, which was wild. Because they didn't have any money to repair anything, probably. Yeah, I guess. I'm not sure. But, um, yeah, they didn't. They had no money, and, and we were rebuilding the country, you know, the Allies. There was, the, I think, the Marshall Plan, and we were rebuilding. But it takes a while, because we really leveled a lot of those cities. Um, and then we got on a train, a European train, which was so cool, like you see in the movies, where they're, you know, the glass sliding doors and little compartments, and my mom and I were sitting there. Um, and I had a Sleeping Beauty comic book, I remember. And we were going through Germany, and you could see up in the hills and the mountains, you could see castles. And I'd be like, oh, is that Sleeping Beauty's castle? And it, uh, she said it was. <laughs> but it was a brand new experience. I'm sure that one of the reasons I remember so much is because there was one peak experience after another 
something brand new that had never happened before. Uh, so seeing the castles and the bombed out buildings and being on one of those trains. And then um, Tony met us at the um, train station in Stuttgart, Germany, which was another um, major, you know, city, and uh, took us to a fancy hotel uh, where we were going to stay. Uh, and he, and uh, so we spent the first couple of nights there. And uh, he had bought my mother um, a lovely nightgown. And my mother saw it, and then she was burst into tears because of the size. She didn't realize European sizes were different. Mm. And so it was, it was like a really large size. And she thought either that he thought she was really fat or that he had another girlfriend. <laughs> She didn't well, know. Well, you can't blame her for I being know, a little... A little suspicious. Gun shy. That's right. But it, was a, but it was her lovely And also gown. her bunkmate for the past three months. Oh, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and, and I learned how to tie my shoes that night at that hotel. I was throwing him out. I tied my shoes and I finally did it that night. Uh, we, and then we moved to um, a little hotel in, in like Rheinstadt. Maybe Rheinstadt, maybe that, maybe that was somewhere else. But a little hotel, and that was so exciting. It was a tiny little room, with and I they had me sleeping in a crib because they there there wasn't an extra bed. And mm-hmm. you know, I, that was so silly, but it was mm-hmm. fine. We went down to dinner there every night, and I remember getting so tired waiting for dinner. And it was you know tablecloths, like I said. Wiener so schnitzel. Forth. Yeah, we did. I did learn how to eat Wiener schnitzel, but uh, mostly I ordered a. A hot dog, because mm-hmm. they were the best hot dogs. But I remember like starting to lay down my head, because I was so tired. And Tony Viator said, "You sit up there. You never lay down on the chair." So I never did that again ever. But mm. I, that was, oh dear, because I was tired, you know. Anyway, um, the meals were amazing, and while we were there, they had Mardi Gras. One one of the while we were there, maybe On a week base? or stuff. No, this was at the hotel we were staying at. In Germany. In Germany, they had a Mardi Gras party, huh. which was I. Because it was at all Americans. No, they have Mardi Gras in. Oh, I didn't realize all that. All over the world. I yeah. Really. Mardi Gras uh, is a church thing. Oh. You know, carnival, they called it. Doesn't seem very carnival. churchy. Yeah, Catholic With church. Beads and flashing. Yeah, and yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think it's Horns. The, it's right before 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 Lent or something. Mm-hmm. You do that, right. I think. Right. Anyway, oh, Still, all I those don't know. costumes. I felt so grown up because I got to stay up really late at night and see all these people partying, adults, and so I felt very grown up. And then from there, they were looking, looking, looking for a place to live, and we found a little tiny German house. Um, and we shared it with the German family. We lived on the top floor. They lived on the bottom. It was a new house built right after the war. And we had to share a kitchen with um, the German family. And there was a, a, a mother, father, two children, and a grandmother. And uh, the grandmother did not like my mother cooking in her kitchen. Mm. My mother felt very uncomfortable mm. cooking there. And I had a tiny room. It feels like it was almost like a closet. I guess she'd never had landing. southern cooking before. <laughs> Maybe not. She just didn't like another woman in her kitchen. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. So my mom was really uncomfortable. But and you had a tiny room, you said? Tiny, like a closet right off probably the Probably was. Yeah, probably was. But it had a window and a little bed. So I was 
I was happy. I was always happy. Do you think they were Nazis? Nobody in Germany was a Nazi. But do you think they now. had been? I have no idea. I have no idea. I think a lot of people just lived there. Right. You know? Right. And and, and they and the Nazis made them do things. Right. And they you know, and they Or might or not. they just didn't do anything. One right. way or the other. But 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 they would come and make you. If you were, if they needed you, mm-hmm. you know, they'd come and make you. So I, I have no idea, but we didn't, we didn't talk about I that. I wouldn't have brought it up. No, no, we did but not talk about that. But you were a little that. girl, so you could have but, brought it up. But I didn't even know about the war. Okay. I didn't know about Nazis. Right. I didn't know anything. Mm-hmm. I knew there'd been a war and I saw the bombing, but I didn't understand mm-hmm. any of that. Um, anyway, while we were living there, I turned six years old. And the family found out it was my sixth birthday, so they had a dinner for us, and we all came to dinner, and they had a uh, cake for me, and they had a record player, and they had one American record, and it was uh, Home Home on the Range on one side, and Kamataya Yippee on the other, and they played it all night long. (laughs) One side and then the other to make us feel at home, I guess. Did it or did you all just get really sick of it? Well, we just thought it was funny, but really nice. Of course, we were more than, you know, happy and thought that was very kind of them. And and I loved having my little birthday there. And soon after that, we were transferred to Baden-Baden, Germany, which was in the French zone because Tony Viator was from southern Louisiana and spoke French. Mm. So we went to the French zone, which means that there was an American mission there and uh, uh, he was he was stationed there because he could translate was so a very small number of people some military and uh, sort of diplomats but the French were in control of that zone in Baden-Baden which is in Black Forest it's a big resort town wonderful gambling casino that kind of thing and uh, we moved into we moved into a hotel there for a while with a great elevator. I've been back since and seen all these things. I took my mom back in the mid nineties. Uh, wow. Was a little tiny you elevator. Did? Yeah. How was that? That was the best trip ever, except for my trip to Paris later with my own kids. Well, you don't have to <laughs> say that just because I no, here. but it was a great trip, and uh, I took her back and uh, tiny little elevator. You know that those little tiny, tiny elevators that like three people could get in. And we went and saw our room that we had been in. I thought it was huge. It was pretty big, you know, that we'd had a room there. And uh, it's the first time I realized that the Germans, and well, it was a lot of French people there too, because of the French zone, but that they fed their kids uh, beer and wine. Like you see beer in a baby bottle, you know, like to put them to sleep. I suppose they watered it down. I'm not sure, but I, I just couldn't believe that. Or my mother especially couldn't believe that, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, in the and, 90s or in the 50s? No, this was the 50s. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, no, the 50s. And uh, while living there, I remember it being like April 1st, and um, one day I was looking outside and it snowed and it rained and the sun came out all in one day. It was just amazing. Wow. And... Uh, I, I, I enjoyed living there, and there were wonderful... We, it, the hotel was on a wonderful tree-lined street, and at night after dinner, we'd go window shopping. That was one of our favorite things to do. And I learned how to go across the street to a little store and say, Ein Coca-Cola, bitte. 
and get Cokes for me and my mom because we had a little tradition of having a Coke every day. And uh, Well, being from North Carolina. That's right. That's right. Wait, no. Uh, no, Coca-Cola comes from Georgia. Pepsi and Dr. Pepper. That's my favorite. Comes from North Carolina, too. that's why. Too. Yeah, probably, probably. Uh, being from the South. Mm-hmm. Being American. Yeah. Go back up, was your mom a good cook? My mom was a really good cook. Yeah, she was. When I was little, she had learned from her mother, who was a better cook than my mom. But uh, she was a good cook. I would, I would think so. Oh, yeah. Yeah, she was a good baker, and she loved being a homemaker. She really, that's all she ever wanted to do, was be a mother and a homemaker and take care of her children. And my mother was the kind who, who all the drawers were just so, and everything was always really clean. And, mm. and um, you know, my little pinafores were all starched and, um, you know, hair shiny. And um, she'd wash my hair in the, when I got older, she'd watch it in the kitchen sink. I'd lay down up there and she'd wash my hair. And uh, just take really good care of me. That was her favorite thing. That's really sweet. In the world, yeah, it was. And then, where'd you go from Baden-Baden? Well, we went from that hotel into um, a, a little German apartment in a, in a basement apartment. I went back to that neighborhood, too, and there was a little boy named Ralph who let, lived next door, little white-haired German boy. And uh, he became my good friend, and we play in the backyard. And Ralph and fr- we learned a trick. I learned a trick from him. There were some bushes right outside the um, the apartment building, and so he, Ralph showed me how we would take a key and tie a little little thread on it and stick it out. And when people would bend down to pick it up, we'd snatch it away and laugh and laugh and laugh and laugh. Would they catch you? <laughs> sure. But it didn't matter. <laughs> no, nobody cared. It was great. And there was a, a couple who lived there, um, Canadians. Uh, Victor and Shirley lived on the top floor there, and, and I really loved them, and they liked to take care of me. And, and did you go to school? And I did. I did. That's where I started first grade. I went to the um, Canadian school in uh, Carlsruhe. Oh, okay. In Carlsruhe. It was 26 miles away. I rode the school bus. 26 miles wow. to my uh, to my first grade, and I remember my first day at school. My mother did take me for that, and my first grade teacher was Mrs. Brownlee Moore, and uh, my best girlfriend was Carolyn Coyman, and uh, we, uh, Mrs. Brownlee Moore would put stars up, your name, and put stars for all your grades, and your, and, you know, gold star for this, red star, so forth, so at the end of the year, you got a prize, and uh I got first prize at the end of the school year, and Carolyn got second prize. There was only three students, in fairness. (laughs) That's mean. (laughs) (laughs) Well, of course you were first. All the other kids were Canadian. That's right. Oh, no, they were great. They were great. Was was there any um, Canada-specific stuff that you remember? Of course. We took French, because uh, they spoke French in Canada also, and... When you went to the movies, you stood and sang God Save the Queen before the movie started. That's and so. I learned how to say, sing God Save the Queen in the morning. You know how in American schools we'd say the Pledge of Allegiance. Mm-hmm. In uh, the Canadian schools we sang God Save the Queen. And uh, so, yeah, very Canadian. Uh, and I have nothing against Canada, by the way. No, I love Canada. And they were really 
terrific people. It just meant more, you know, America wants to be number one all the time. I know, that's So the teacher probably said, let the American Let her, yeah. Yeah, she doesn't know any better. Let her be number one. But Carolyn and I remain friends. I'm sure you earned it. I'm sure you deserved it. Well, in second grade, all of a sudden, um, I didn't realize what was going on, but in second grade, we're being tested, Carolyn and I, separately by the principal in the room right next to our classroom, in this little room. We were taking all of these tests. And then the next thing I know, they're having conferences with our parents, both Carolyn and I, and saying that um, we were just too smart for second grade, and they wanted to let us skip into third grade. Uh, So at Christmas, I went home a second grader, and right after Christmas came back a third grader. And went right into third grade. Thank goodness Carolyn was with me. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was a little tough because then I wasn't like number one anymore, mm-hmm. you know, because mm-hmm. I was kind of behind. And uh, What's a German Christmas like? Oh, German Christmases were um, very special because, you know, there was, uh, there was O Tannenbaum instead of O Christmas Tree. Uh, and they had... Their special cookies and Santa Claus looked different, you know, Kris Kringle, and um, but so we had we had French, German, Canadian, and American Christmas. You know, we were kind of all together, but we had very good German and French friends. We had a lot of French friends because it was the French zone and American friends, you know. So it was quite a little international uh, community. And then when did you end up in Paris? I, I left Baden-Baden and, and um, before second grade was over, went back to North Carolina, stayed with my grandparents. I was in third grade there for like... Minnesota? Three weeks. No, no, no. North Carolina. Right, right. We never went to Minnesota. Okay. Back to my grandparents, my, my mother's parents. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and then moved to California, lived in Monterey, California. Wow. Uh, beautiful there. Yes, amazing. And, uh, you know, found out about the Pacific Drive, and my landlord built houses out in on the 17-mile drive, so I'd spend my summers out there. Well, one summer, because we were only there for a little over a year. Why were you in Monterey? He got he stationed there? He was stationed there, there. Yeah. Wow. yeah. That's quite a change Yeah. from Baden-Baden to Monterey. Yeah, but not bad. Not it's at all. Fabulous. Both of them were fabulous, like living in garden spots all over the world, you know. And um, I went to fourth grade there for um, a little while, but again, in in the spring of that year, we moved back to uh, North Carolina, and we drove from Monterey in our little um, Chevrolet from Monterey. By now, we've traded in and gotten a Chevrolet from Monterey, California, down through, you know, across Arizona and New Mexico and Texas and stopped in Louisiana to wow. visit all those relatives and over to Florida to visit my aunt in Pensacola and then up to my grandparents and stayed there for um, a year because my mom was in California. My brother Mark was born mm-hmm. and, uh, and my mother was pregnant again. And so we had to stay. My father got sent to France and we had to stay in uh, Newburn, North Carolina mm. For several months, and I did fifth grade there. there. Yeah, did fifth grade there. And now, in and went to the school that was the very first um, academy in North Carolina, ever. The the building I was in. Academy. They called it an academy. It was a school, but but it was North Carolina's first academy. It was special. It was because it's such an old building and mm. big rooms and 
just cool. It's What's historic. the difference between a school and an academy? This is what they called them back. But it was the first the one. Day. It was the first school in uh, North Carolina, and um, it was beautiful. It was brick, and it's a uh, there are historic markers there. It's still there. Uh, I've seen it, uh, but you know, very historic. And didn't you tell me before that in Monterey was when you first heard? Fats Domino and yes. Elvis. Elvis Presley and Fats Domino. I got a record player for Christmas with a Bill Haley record, Rock Around the Clock. Wow. Yep. So that was your first album? My first album was Bill Haley, Rock Around the Clock. And uh, I used to listen to the radio. I remember hearing the green door on the radio. Da, 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 da. And I felt my first earthquake there. Laying in the bed? I just felt my first one a few months ago. Did you really? Mm-hmm. At yeah. the Dodgers game. Yeah, that's like, whoa, what's that? Mm-hmm. An earthquake? Mm-hmm. Oh, no. It was a little tremor, you know? Yeah. Um, uh, Anyone any- else? Bill Haley, Fats Domino, Elvis? Anyone else you liked? Uh, those are just the ones I really remember. Mm-hmm. You know? And then you say Mark was... Born. Born in Monterey? In Monterey. Was, so is here oldest sibling he's, yes he's my oldest sibling and he was how uh, many years younger nine, than you is almost he? nine years younger okay almost nine years younger. and then a year later my sister connie was born 10 years younger in newburn in newburn north carolina and then we when she was three months old we packed up and whizzed off to paris france mm-hmm. my mom and her two babies and me so i was a big help because you know i'm now almost 10 mm-hmm. and uh we moved to France, and I started, uh, we lived on, the, we call it living on the economy, when you don't live in base housing, but you live on the economy with, with, civilians. with the natives. Yeah. Natives. And, uh, <laughs> and we, uh, we lived in a natives. fabulous house in a place called Morcor. It was a villa. And we lived, again, on the top floor, always living on the top floor. Who lived in the bottom, a French family? Yeah, the Labordettes. How did she feel about sharing a kitchen with your mom? Uh, we had our own kitchen. Oh, good. Yeah, the Labordettes, because it was a villa with a huge garden in the front, which is, well, they also do it with a huge high wall around the garden and a pond and, you know, really quite nice. Um, and uh, the Labordettes had owned uh, a hat shop in Paris. In fact, they still did. And every day the grandmother and the father in the family would take the train into Paris to operate the hat shop, and the mother stayed home, and she had three kids. Um, I think it was uh, Andre, um, Bridget, and Brigitte, and one other little girl whose name I can't remember right now. Uh, and I played with them. Ralph. No, Ralph was German from before. Uh, and uh, but we lived on the top floor, and we had many. We had fireplaces in every room. Big rooms, um, even a fireplace in the bathroom, and um, wow, and a, a kitchen. Keep and you warm was, when you got out of the bath. Right, but we also had um, central heating, two wow, radiators, wow. Fancy. radiators, and a TV. Yeah. yeah, no TV. They had a TV, so sometimes I'd try to go watch TV, but it was in French, so you know it's hard to understand a foreign language on television unless mm-hmm. you're really fluent. Mm-hmm. Cartoons, though, should translate. Yeah, but I really, we didn't really watch TV. We didn't care. We mm-hmm. played outside mm-hmm. a lot, outside, and there was a great cherry tree I'd climb, and we'd have snail races because they ate snails, you know. I didn't. 
but uh, we'd see have snail races, and I'd sit on the wall and the um, the big. Wait, bicycle. did George Washington cut down an apple tree or a cherry <laughs> a tree? A cherry tree. Oh, and it was a well, cherry forget tree. Forget everything I, was I said in. before. <laughs> But now you've got a George Washington. Yeah, connection. I was in a cherry tree, and we we eat the best cherries in the world. And then, and the cherry tree was kind of up on a little hill, so you could sit on top of the wall and watch the uh, big French bicycle tour go through. The Tour de France would go by our our uh, house, so we'd sit up there and watch the bicycles go by, and just had more fun. And I had my own bicycle. Um, I got it at the PX, and the French made fun of me because it was made in Germany, my bicycle. Mm. But I like my bicycle, Lower and I learned standard. to ride all over. Uh, well, they just didn't want anything German because they'd just been in a big war with the Germans. Mm. It wasn't lower standard, but they didn't like it. Right. And I, I, drew, I would ride all over Morcourt and the next little village, and I'd, we'd just play. You could go and play everywhere. And I'd go to the bread store... Un pain, s'il vous plaît. Coca-Cola. Um, there, were, there were wonderful little shells with candy, these hard candies you'd get. And, and the milk truck would come by in the afternoon, and you'd get a goûter. They called it a goûter, which was a piece of French bread with some chocolate. It was a goûter, which you'd have in the afternoon. So good. You had the most interesting childhood. I really did. Mm-hmm. And I'd go to the markets... Uh, and I'd go, we'd go sit by the river. It wasn't the Seine, but it was a river like the Seine that went through uh, the town and watched the barges go by with the families living on them with the laundry and uh, just really fun. Mm-hmm. Really fun. I picture something out of Beauty and the Beast, that first scene. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was quite something. And then uh, we, uh, my mother had, uh, was pregnant again. And so we needed to, uh, we moved to base housing okay. in Orly, which was near Orly Airport, which is now Charles de Gaulle. Mm-hmm. But we moved to base housing, and I still kept going to the same school and riding the school bus. Uh, school was really tough for me when I first got there because, um, I mean, especially French class, because they were, it was fifth grade, they'd been taking it all year. I knew not a word of French. You know, that was tough, but I, I did okay. But the craziest thing happened while we were still living um, in Morcourt. My dad was taking me to Paris. We were going to go see the catacombs and um, on a Saturday. And we stopped at a local uh, army base, Camp de Loge, and went into the American Express office to get some money. And this guy was in there. And he called my father aside. His name was Frawley Becker. And Frawley called my father aside and said, do you think your daughter would be interested in trying out for a play? And he said, I don't know, I'll ask her. And he said, would you be interested in auditioning for a play? I said, yeah. And so the next thing I know, I'm at Camp de Loge the next night or two, and I'm auditioning for uh, the women. There was an American uh, group there, of, of Americans who, some of them professional, some of them not, but they, they put on plays. I guess Americans put on plays all over Europe, and they'd have competitions. And so I was cast in the women to play Little Mary. And uh, I would be rehearsing late at night, and my father would take me to rehearsals all the time. And, and then we moved to, um, to uh, 
this other village, uh, Orly, mm-hmm. and he'd still take me. It was a long way now, like, wow. I don't know, 35 miles. Wow. After but I'd go to rehearsals, yeah. But sometimes I would stay with the people in the play. Wow. Um, but um, I remember staying with a general's wife. My father was an enlisted man, so to stay with the general's wife who was in the play, to stay in their house, and they had servants. The military were servants, and they had cars and drivers, and I felt like quite something, and dressed for dinner and all of that. How but fun. I was little Mary, you know, I kept right up. Anyway, we were star. in that play, and we did it at Camp Deloge, and we kept we did it a few more times, and we kept winning. And finally... We did it at uh, Theater Montpensier at or Montpensier in Versailles, which was Marie Antoinette's private uh, theater. It was opened with by Marie Antoinette and her husband, the king, um, way back then. And um, apparently it was connected to the palace or somehow with some underground streets. And it's still there. It's a working viable theater. And that was, again, so thrilling to be there as a little kid. And there were dressing rooms. It was a real theater, you know. And um, while we were rehearsing, and it was all dark, I would go and go up in the loges and the different rooms. And um, it was very time. It was fairyland. It was just fairy tale time. Um, and we did it there and we and we won and we did it several more times and we won as the best play in all of Europe from that American competition. And um, they had at Fontainebleau they had um, an award ceremony and for all of the plays and the players and I was given a special award by uh, Olivia de Havilland. For us. They said it was a special award just for me, because, just because. Because <laughs> you're a little cute girl. That's right, that's right, that's right. So, uh, and then I did dubbing for movies wow. at that time, um, because for all the new people, and they were doing movies, and... They wanted and to dub movies. Into English. Into English, from French. Right, so I would go, and I learned how to sit there, and watch the language go by, and you start talking, right, when the words would hit a certain bar. Did you get paid? Talk. Yeah. I got paid and everything. I wish I'd followed up on that. Been working since an early age. I, that was my first paid job, <laughs> dubbing wow. for movies. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, then I, I, we started going to school. Um, seventh grade, I went to school on the Orly Air Base, um, for seventh grade. And uh, Dwight, the biggest thing that happened during that time was Dwight Eisenhower came to visit. There was a an incident called the U-2 incident where Gary Powers was flying a U-2 plane over the Soviet Union and got shot down during the time that Eisenhower was at Orly waiting to have a conference with Khrushchev, the head of, uh, you know, Russia. And uh, it was called off because of the Gary Powers U-2 incident. But we got to go, the seventh grade class, we got to go on Air Force One and take a tour. Wow. And then um, I got to give um, President Eisenhower a bunch of uh, roses um, when he was leaving. The Secret Service were all upset, but they went ahead and let me give him the roses. My teacher had got them. 
when they were getting on the plane to leave. We got to see them off. Wow. Him and Mamie Eisenhower. Wow, that's incredible. Isn't that incredible? Yeah. Did they ever find out? Uh, obviously they did. Are you familiar with what had happened with shooting down the U-2? We were spying and they caught us. Okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then finally they did have a... Um, a meeting. A conference later, but quite a bit later. Mm-hmm. It was just a big international incident. Right. And we were spying. So, wow. You know. It's amazing. Your life is sort of like Forrest Gump. <laughs> with all these big events, with all these big people. I know. So then, how old are you now? 11, 12? I'm um, 11. And you've lived in North Carolina, Maryland... All over Germany, Paris, Monterey, Kentucky. No. Yeah, a little bit. Well, you know, just visiting my dad mm-hmm, there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, when did you leave France? We left France in 1961, but before we left, uh, they decided to do the play "The Bad Seed" mm-hmm. um, because of me. Mm-hmm. So I did "The Bad Seed" and Frawley Becker. Uh, he didn't direct this one, but he was involved. He must have been proud of winning that competition. He was, very proud, very proud. And they did the bad seed, so that was really cool for me, too, because that was, you know, one of the leads in that one. Do you remember any other music or films that you liked back during that time? Yes, well, I remember one from back in Germany. My mother and I, while we were still in the States, back when I was five, we saw Roman Holiday with Audrey Hepburn and Gregory Peck. And then when we went to Germany, she and I especially went to see it again. And right before she died, I rented it and we watched it at my house. Yeah, Roman Holiday. It was one of her favorite movies. But we also saw Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. At the American Mission in Germany, they would send films Mm -hmm. for us to see because, Mm -hmm. you know, they needed to send us entertainment. So we saw um, tons of movies. But I remember Gentlemen Prefer Blondes. Oh, yeah. And I remember uh, Seven Brides for Seven Brothers, and I remember um, uh, uh, Sergeant Bilko, but I didn't get that. Phil Silver just didn't go over. We didn't. We weren't sophisticated enough to quite get Phil Silver humor. Okay. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, and oh, Doris Day um, in uh, Calamity Jane. Oh, Kesara Sara, and all that. That was exciting. Mm-hmm. And lots of Mountie movies. But we also saw some films at the Canadian Air Base, lots of Mountie movies at the Canadian Air Base. That's so funny. And I saw Hans Christian Andersen's, um, you know, The Red Shoe. It was the Hans Christian Andersen story, mm-hmm. which was like my favorite movie at the time. Oh, it was so good. Um, so, yeah. And then, and then in France, um, Around the World in 80 Days, um, Summer Place, um, those are like the two that just come to mind. Does anything else stick out to you about Germany France. or France? Yeah, when I was in sixth grade, um, my teacher would take us on a field trip every other week. We went to the Louvre over and over and over and over again. Wow. And we went to, you know, the Eiffel Tower and the Arc de Triomphe. No, the Arc de Triomphe and, and the other um, museums and Notre Dame Cathedral and... Um, was the traffic around the Arc de Triomphe just as crazy as it is now? Yes. Or maybe it crazier? Crazy. It was crazy. It was all crazy, but you just it's went with fun. it. fun, yeah. Yeah, who cares, you know. Um, and in fact, right before we left France, I'm now 11, and I took my mother um, 
on a, she had not gotten to see anything or do anything because she'd had all these babies. So uh, by my, my mother and I took the train to Paris from Orly and then I took her sightseeing in Paris myself on the metro. Wow. I was the one leading us around and taking us where we needed to go and I was 11, which was pretty cool. And then we moved to, uh, we were stationed at Fort Knox, Kentucky and moved, uh, first lived in West Point, which we moved there, it was horrible. It was a ratty school. It was a town that flooded all the time. And um, we lived in this little house that we found, because they wanted to buy a house, but temporarily we lived in this little house, and we called it the Roach House, because at night you turn off the lights, and then we'd wake up and there would be cockroaches everywhere. It was wow. so horrible. Wow. It was so horrible. It's quite a change My from mom, Versailles yes, with Eisenhower. Yes. Yeah. And now we're in West Point, Kentucky, in the Roach House, and those three babies. And my mother, I remember we, our couch was there, and we lit, it would make into a bed, and we lifted it up one day, and there was a bed of mice under the thing. It was disgusting. Like Cinderella. Yes. It was disgusting and horrible. Wow. Yeah. That's but, in West Point. Yeah, West Point, West Point, Kentucky. And did we say when Bruce was born? Oh, he was born in Paris. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so for a little while he had brother. a dual, dual citizenship. Mm-hmm, that's He funny. was born in the Army Hospital there. And, uh, yeah, when he, when, when he was about five living in the States, he had kind of a lisp. And kids were, uh, some kids were teasing him one day, saying, you talk funny, you talk funny. And he said, well, you talk funny, too, if you've been born in Paris, France. <laughs> um, but anyway. We, West Point, you were talking about how horrible West Point But my parents bought was. a house. In uh, Valley Station, Kentucky, the first house they ever bought, a little brick wow. house. And it was brand new, and my mother was so excited. And I went to Valley High School. Well, it was Valley Middle School at the time, which was um, um, a really good school, I thought. I got a really good education there. Mm-hmm. And I went there in uh, the end of seventh grade, or I guess, no, eighth grade. The eighth grade, I went there. and. Uh, well, I think that's a good... Uh... Place to Stopping start. point. Okay. For now, you're 13 at this point? No, I'm 12. I'll tell 12. you about So we 13. made it till 12. 12 years old. So we'll pick up Okay. at 12 years old in West Point, or what town in Kentucky? Valley Station. Valley Station, Kentucky. Yeah. Next time okay. we do this. Okay. Thank you so much for doing this. You're welcome. You have the most interesting childhood of anyone I've ever met. <laughs> So I hope you can Thank top you. it the next 12 years. I think so. I think so, too, because I know you. All right. Thanks, Mom. You're welcome. Love you. I love you, too. That's Alma Viator.